Hello and welcome back to She's in Focus, the podcast dedicated to inspiring and empowering female filmmakers and video creators from all walks of life and on every step of their creative journey. I'm your host, Kel Grant, an aspiring filmmaker from New Jersey who's just trying to turn my passion into something more and connect with amazing women who have the same passion for video. One of those being Michaela Wheeler, an almost 23-year-old filmmaker located in Florida capturing the beauty of those ocean communities. I found Michaela on Instagram and was just blown away by her work. She does a little bit of everything, works with nonprofits, businesses, captures wedding films, works on documentaries. She has a wide range of video work and skills. So I'm so excited to hear her story today. Michaela, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is my first podcast, so I'm, I'm really excited to just be able to share my story and hopefully be an encouragement to other ladies in the industry and just people in general yeah absolutely absolutely it's like it's so funny I think your location kind of lends itself to beautiful storytelling and imagery because like how do you live in Florida and be surrounded by the you know majesty of the ocean and ocean communities and not be in the visual arts space yeah yeah for sure um you know Florida I feel like you have to love the ocean to live in Florida and um, mm. or you just have to love water because we have so much water. We have, you know, the ocean, we have lakes, we have the Florida Springs. So I like I love water and I've, I've grown to love the ocean more and more, um, you know, as I've lived in Florida. And um, yeah, it's just like we can get out year round and, and create beautiful outdoor content, which is you know, something that, that I personally love is, is being out in the outdoors. And, um, that's where I feel like I do my best work. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have seen your work. It's incredible. Do you think that your atmosphere inspired you to get started in filmmaking or what was that journey like? Yeah. So, um, my journey started, um, Actually, around probably 12 or 13, I kind of went through that phase, like all young girls, I feel like, do, where I was like, I want to be an actress. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> at the same time, I was also riding horses, which is another thing that a lot of young girls love to do. And so at that time, I was like dabbling in some commercial, like commercials and acting lessons. And then I was also riding horses and we would take like these little iPod, these little iPod nanos out and on the like trail rides that we would, we would take our horses out on the trails and just run around. And I would like, we had these little gorilla pod, like tripod things that we would mount the iPod to and like hang them from trees and then run past and like <laughs> all this stuff. And, um, then I would like Chronicles of Narnia is like my favorite movie that like inspired my life. I loved watching behind the scenes and stuff. So I would take those little adventure sequences and then I would like put them together um, and like put Chronicles of Narnia music and make these little <laughs> corny adventure horse chase sequences. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that's how it started for me. And then what ended up happening as a result of being in front of the camera is I met um, a director-producer out of Orlando um, through, through a contact and through working. 
And I quickly kind of realized that I wanted to be behind the camera because you have more control. And mm. like as an actress, I don't know. I just was really picky about like the projects that like I wanted to do and to be a part of. And so I ended up, um, my mom actually, cause I was homeschooled. Um, and my mom like always just really heavily invested into my interests, which was really amazing. So she ended up reaching out to this director producer in Orlando, um, and just like, just cold called and asked him like if he would be willing to mentor me. And, um, and he ended up just like giving me like, he was amazing. Randy Baker. I'm sure it's fine that I mentioned his name. Um, <laughs> he ended up giving me like, he would just come over and give me like tons and tons of gear. And, um, wow. Yeah, just so overly generous and, and really just taught me like everything I, I knew at like a really young age. And it was just like, it was amazing. So that's kind of what opened the door to the video stuff. Yeah. And, and you do a little bit of everything. Was there one specific style of filmmaking that you started with? Yeah, I feel like my style <clears throat> has really grown and evolved. Um, I feel like when I first started, it was more like maybe like TV type GoPro-ish look, you know, kind of, mm -hmm, with not mm -hmm. a lot of depth of field. Um, and then when I, because that's kind of what initially I was trained in. And then I actually went away to the summer camp when I was 17 years old and worked on their like AV team. So we would have to take like photos and videos of like the campers and all this other stuff. And, um, and from there, I kind of developed more of a cinematography of like shallow depth of field and um, kind of more of a cinematic style. I kind of found my own style, which is kind of just like evolved over time, I feel like. Um, as a result of they kind of wanted me to not have such a like they wanted shallow depth of field and stuff. So um, my style kind of changed when I went away to camp and, and then was just shooting every day. Like I just got so much better because we were just shooting a ton of content every day. So. Yeah, it sounds like you had a lot of hands-on experience at kind of a, a young age to kind of set that foundation. Yeah. I went to um, to college for video production and even in, you know, even with taking classes, like if you really wanted to enhance your skills, you had to get out and work outside of the classes and find these opportunities. Mm -hmm. I think that it was really awesome that, you know, your mom reached out to this, this to Randy, right? Randy's his yeah. name? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, made that connection. So you gained these skills that kind of helped lay the groundwork for you being able to put yourself out there and work at the, this summer camp and gain more skills. And I'm sure that you're because I mean, I'm uh, I'm 24 and even my confidence with my filmmaking skills like isn't where it should be, where it needs to be. How did you you know, did you have some, a level of confidence when you were younger getting started in this because you were mentored by by certain people or what was that experience like for you well um it's funny because my film mentor he was when I first met him he was just like 
because we have like full sail down here which is like a big film school and it's funny he's kind of against like film schools he's like didn't really like film schools and was like one of his big things was like if you want to make films go make films right yeah now yeah. actually he's kind of come back around and is a full-time professor at full sail um <laughs> which is kind of funny how it all works but that was really his encouragement to me was like, if you want to direct, go direct. If you want to make films, mm -hmm. go make films. And so I think like the thing that was like so amazing is like he kind of gave me all of the tools that maybe you would get at a film school. But he just gave me the tools because he had all the gear and kind of taught me like what you do and what you don't, what not to do technically. And then was just like, go out and make films, you know, go out and, you know, shoot whatever your passion is. And so um, I just kind of started doing that at, because it was a passion of mine and, and I loved shooting like adventure type stuff, you know. So um, so that was kind of his his mantra for me. And, um, and I, I really, I think that it was a good one because, I just feel like the more you shoot, the better that you get, you know? Absolutely. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So did you at first, like, when you were gaining all of the, these skills, because I'm trying to think, like, if you were, what, 17 at the time, around that age? Yeah, I, I'd say I, I started at 14, and then it was really, like, a, a passion of mine, like, from then on like that I did it was just like right what I lived right. for kind of <laughs> got it because I'm thinking like if you know if I'm a, a a business owner and a teenager comes up to me and says you know like oh I'm into video and I want to like make a video for your business mm -hmm. I don't know how much how seriously I'm taking that at first um yeah with that especially because if you're young typically um you know, if you're on the younger end, you don't have this huge portfolio of work. And if you do, it might not be to the level that, you know, someone who's hiring commercially might want. So how mm -hmm. did you um, build this, this real and like approach? Did you approach businesses to kind of to get more work and build up your portfolio? Yeah, you know, honestly, that was a real struggle for me because my mom and my dad were both super supportive of my interests. And so we opened up actually an LLC MGW Productions when I was, I forget how old, but it was before I was 18, um, oh, to wow. really try and make, you know, money and, and be able to do, um, you know, projects for businesses and stuff. But it's definitely, and I mean, to some extent, it, it's gotten better, but it still can be a little bit of a struggle where you approach people and like, you know, they don't take you seriously like businesses and stuff, you know, yeah. they'd be like, well, how old are you? I mean, I still get asked that obviously, you know? <laughs> um, and so I, at first, like when I was really young, it was like upsetting to me because, you know, you do sometimes get that con and you'll get that reaction, you know, people just don't take you seriously or, or whatever. But um, right. I just still kind of continued to do passion projects. And, you know, eventually it was actually I transitioned over full time about three years ago when I was 20. And the door for me to do that um, was actually through my church. Um, 
that has really supported me in the arts and um they just support the arts in general there they're very creative and so they offered me to be on like a retainer position and so that really kind of helped like as a baseline of of having that and then what I could do is then build my business with other projects and things um to then you know kind of freelance or you know just do projects for various different people so that was that was kind of the evolution of that um and then you know eventually now I'm kind of on like contract with like con uh, on just like project by project basis with them and I've built mm -hmm. up to the point now where like people just contact me and it's like a steady stream kind of that's um, awesome yeah but it was a struggle in the beginning a little bit you know <laughs> absolutely yeah and you do a lot of different services it sounds like you know you work with you know nonprofits. you do wedding filmmaking too mm -hmm. documentary style filmmaking is there something that you know weaves it all together and determines what projects you take or what stories you like to tell or are you just kind of trying to gain as as many skills and build your portfolio in all these different areas is there one you prefer over the other you know yeah so i feel like right around nine when i was 19 i was really just like kind of trying to figure out like it was kind of hard like i didn't know you know whether i was going to go the college route like everyone was telling me Mm -hmm. I didn't know what, you know, my passions were outside of filmmaking. Um, but kind of as a result of, of kind of just, I read this book, um, What Color Is Your Parachute, which is kind of like a job seeking book. Yeah, yeah, and it was it like well. um, kind of honing in on like different interest areas and then putting all those together. And I think for me, um, you know, three of those are number one, you know, creativity, filmmaking, obviously. Um, number two is just adventure and the outdoors. And number three is um, stories that serve others, stories that have a purpose mm. and um, stories that just inspire people or, or serve people or make a difference. And so basically I took that kind of three, those three prongs and then kind of integrated that into, okay, I want to have a film business, but you know, these are kind of the, the stories I want to tell. Like the, like, you know, I don't want to necessarily just do corporate videos, you know? Um, so I think as far as, you know, we were talking about the balance of, you know, how do I know which projects to take or not? Um, yeah. It's a bit of a give and take. And I feel like a lot of filmmakers get stuck on one of the extremes where they're like, well, I don't want to do weddings and I don't want to do corporate stuff. So, you know, I just want to do passion projects or, you know, work I'm passionate about but I'm not going to be able to make a living. So I'm just going to get like a regular job kind of, you know, and they get like right. very rigid in that mindset of like, well, I don't want to do this. And then there's other people on the other extreme that are like, it's just all about the money for them. And the, you know what I mean? Like they're just like yeah. crank out the weddings or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and they just completely lose their passion and, and everything else, you know, for mm -hmm. their craft. And for me, it's, been like a really kind of a careful balancing act you know of of 
kind of trying to play both sides of the fence a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's interesting because I think that I fall into like a unique category with with filmmaking because I do have a full time job, but I like having that stability. Yeah. I think if I went like going all in with with video production and filmmaking, it's it's awesome because you get to you know most of the time work on projects that you really like. But mm-hmm. it's also that is your livelihood. That is your, you know, that is the way you need to make a living. You have to rely on on steady work. You have to rely on happy clients. Um, pr- mm-hmm. Keep keeping your level of production at this at this all time high um, mm-hmm. to continue producing the quality that your contents or your clients deserve. Yeah. Um, and then for me, for me, I think that was a little bit too much pressure. Mm-hmm. I wanted yeah. the flexibility of being able to kind of pick and choose what projects, and then be able yeah. to kind of find my voice in film. Because I'm really just started. I've I've been doing video production for years because I went to mm-hmm. I, I did a program in high school with it and then I went to college for that but um, I'm still trying to find like my my voice I guess and also the skills that I learned in high school you know weren't really setting me up for success in the in what is now the real like video production world mm-hmm. so I ended up kind of having to find you know new avenues of learning and different doing different programs and things like this to enhance my skills mm-hmm. um, but I, I I think I'm in a unique position and I get to really pick the projects that I want to work on because I don't need to have that, you know, financial, um, you know, support from those projects. I can kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, tailor my journey to, you know, working full time in in this career and then getting to kind of dictate what projects I get to work on. So how does your, you work, so you have a few different styles of, um, of filmmaking, you know, you work on different projects. Mm -hmm. How does your creative process differ with those or do you or do you look at them the same way because even that promo that I watched mm-hmm. for that um that the jewelry making mm-hmm. company it's it was so cinematic that I felt like I was watching a documentary mm-hmm. um do you think like each like style of cinema informs the other I would say um I have uh, my I kind of have a unique style that I think is in mm-hmm. every video that I do um And that is, I, you know, I may not be the greatest cinematographer or whatever, but I would say like my strength and my passion is being able to create emotion and evoke a response out of the audience based upon my work. That is super important to me. And I mean, that's why I watch, you know, videos and that's, that's like my passion is being able to capture and tell emotion in order to evoke emotion in, in, my final product and so I think that doesn't really change with any project that I do but Mm -hmm. the needs and and um maybe the flavor is a little different for each client you know that I have Mm -hmm. um so I would say like my style is still the same but sometimes I'm gonna like be a little bit more like um I would say, uh, you know, a big part of 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 my creative process is is watching other people's work and picking and choosing different things, whether it be like cinematography, like a shot or the way that they tell a story. I love like taking bits and parts from other people's work and then using that towards a specific project. So that that's often, you know, if I'm if I'm working with you know, a specific client that I know is, you know, more athletic and, 
more fast paced, then I'm going to go watch work that is more fast paced and athletic and like boom, 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 boom. Um, and then I'm going to try and incorporate those elements within my style into that video. So there's a little bit of, you know, experimentation and, 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 you know, expression within that. But I would say all of my work still reflects like the same style. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what I'm hearing from you is that you're constantly like learning and honing that, that yeah. style as well. Um, I think I never really thought about this, but like, yeah, intake is, a, is yeah. a big part of it too. Like watching others work, um, and thinking about that. So what, is, what is it that you, um, cause, cause all of your, all of your work that I've seen kind of gives me the, the documentary style vibe in that it, it, it you're right. It comes down to storytelling mm-hmm. and being able to tell a really good story. So what do you like about, you know, documentary style for, for one, I think it requires a lot more, um, self-promotion on, on your end mm-hmm. because, you know, then say commercial work that you do for a client. And I feel in a lot of ways that it's a bit more personal mm-hmm. and that you have a greater responsibility. You know, you're often sharing others' stories yeah. and voices. Yeah. You know, what, what challenges you with documentary filmmaking? Well, I just like that number one, you get to make, you get to meet like amazing people and you get to Mm. tell their story in a way that like ends up making them cry. And that like always is really special to me. Um, you know, if I've done my job well, then you want them to just be like in tears, you know, like, Oh my gosh, you know? And so that's kind of my honor as a filmmaker is, is getting to tell people's stories and their journeys. And, um, that's really like just brings me the biggest joy um, as opposed to just cranking out like corporate stuff or, you know, whatever it might be. Because I think, you know, stories and the combination of the visuals and the music and, and the, you know, narrative like, you know, can touch people in a way like stories touch people and they can change the way people think in a way that you know, is, is really amazing. And I think when that's harnessed for good, you know, that's a really great thing. So, um, that's like my passion. I just feel honored and humbled to get to tell, you know, what people have been through or what their passions are. So I would say that's the thing that attracts me the most about, you know, the more cinematic documentary style. Um, as opposed to like corporate stuff or even just like making narrative films, like making up, you know, I used to be like, Oh, I want to direct movies. And I love movies. You know, I, I think movies are amazing and I love watching movies, but I think at the end of the day, like as I've grown, I'm like, I don't want to like make up stories per se. Like I want to tell real people's stories that really, I mean, and I'm not saying like filmmaking, like making movies is bad. I think like, that's amazing. Like I love movies, but I just think for me, as I grew up, I was kind of like, man, I want to, you know, tell people stories that really lived. Cause I think there's some amazing ones out there. At least that's where I'm at in my journey right now. That might switch around, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I think it's so interesting to me because you started relatively young taking on this big task of telling other people's stories. And I think that, 
you know, documentary style filmmaking is something that's always interests me, but I've always been so afraid because yeah. it's like you are in charge of this person's narrative yeah. and, and casting them in the best light. Like what, yeah. what are some things, did you just kind of improve your, your documentary filmmaking style over time, just kind of threw yourself into it and kept creating documentaries? Like how, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to get into the, like the documentary filmmaking space, but has a little bit of apprehension due to the level of like responsibility? That's in it. That's a good question. I mean, I haven't given it a lot of thought. Right. Um, I would think, I would say to be a filmmaker, you have to be a really good observer. And I think that's something that like I've learned over the years in just doing so many different, you know, events or you have to be really good at observation and you have to be a really good listener. So I think for me with my clients or with people that I'm telling their stories, it's getting to know them on all different levels and really listening to them and then taking that and putting it back into the work. Um, Taking all those... Because what will end up happening when you interview people is they'll give you, they're giving you their story, you know? So it's taking all those little pieces and then putting it into something that's, that's true to them. And so I think, you know, as long as you're humble and you're not, you're really listening to them and you're honoring their story, that's kind of the place to start from, um, you know, in terms of taking on that task, like you said, that can be very humbling of telling someone's story, you know, authentically. I think it starts with um, learning how to observe and listen and then put that back out into the work. I hope that answers your question. (laughs) It does. It does. I love that. And that's the thing, like sometimes as filmmakers, we think about the skills that are technical. You know, we think about the, the, like the cinematography of it, but in order to be a good, you know, documentary filmmaker, you do need those kind of listening skills mm-hmm. and the observation and the ability to to you take that input, somebody's story and be able to craft it and be true to their story mm-hmm. in a cinematic way. Yes. And I think that you do you do an awesome job of that. I was so um, thrilled to watch Wonder of the Blue. Well, um, thank you. I think that of course, of course. I think that documentaries are like the most beautiful combination of weaving together a strong story mm-hmm. with like beautiful imagery. And I think yes. it, it gives you the time to bring stories to life by hearing from people. But, you know, it, like I said, it's something that's that's always intimidated me. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Wonder of the Blue for a second. Mm-hmm. It's a documentary that explores like the human ocean connection. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like for you? Cause that wasn't your first documentary. Mm-mm. Right. No. So that actually, I, like I said, I worked it to, um, it was crazy. Cause I worked it two summers or yeah, two summers up in Maryland at a big Christian youth camp ranch doing video stuff. And, um, I just loved it up there. I didn't want to come back home to Florida, actually. <laughs> and so um, I went, yeah, I went through this phase. I don't like Florida. I'm a, you know, forest girl. I don't know. I Whatever. But I always had a love for water 
from a young age and a love for, I mean, our ocean here right on the space coast is not super beautiful. It's kind of like cloudy. And, but if you go about two hours South, it's beautiful. Like, because the Gulf stream literally like runs right by the peninsula of Florida. And so as I was kind of like, you know, just trying to figure out like where I was going to land, this is all like right after I graduated high school, I just started thinking like, why is it that like people love water so much and the ocean? And I was out of that question that then I then began researching that and found that this PhD guy, Wallace J. Nichols, had written a book on why like on his research on why people love the ocean so much. And I just was like, I really want to kind of tell this story. And I think too, it was for me, I was like, I feel like I do my best work out in nature, but specifically the ocean, like, you know, the beautiful clear water. Like why is the ocean so inspiring to people, you know, whether it's musicians or, you know, artists or, you know, there's a lot of different people that draw inspiration from the ocean, you know, athletes. So that, that's kind of was the concept and the question for Wonder of the Blue, um, kind of based on that particular book, which was called Blue Mind, written by Wallace J. Nichols. Very awesome. Yeah, I, I watched it, and um, it was so, it's such a skill to be able to to take like four or five different stories and weave them all together from different people and weave them all together into yeah, one storyline. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I just was like, I could have done better, but I was a couple years ago. So. so how do you, let's talk about that for a second. Like, yeah. I think that there's something to be said. So I think documentary filmmaking is a little bit different than other types of filmmaking in that yeah. if you see a commercial um, for a product and then, you know, it's your it's your first commercial. Like, maybe it's not that good. You can always just go back and redo that commercial. No sweat. With the, with documentary filmmaking, it's it's like that sto- those stories are out there. And to kind of take that down and redo it, if you will, is kind of uh, disrespectful to the people that took the time to, to help craft it and the stories mm-hmm. that you're telling. You know, if you, you can't, with yeah. documentary filmmaking, I feel like you can't always go back in and say, well, I didn't like the way that I, I did this, so I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to redo it. And, and, and kind of change that. So how do you kind of, hmm, how do you deal with that, the, the, the mentality of, you know, this, letting your work live as it is and knowing that, okay, maybe next time I'll do something different, but kind of leaving your work out there, flaws and all mm-hmm. for people to see. Well, I think it starts with really doing the best that you can. And, and that really starts with doing your due diligence, as my filmmaker likes to call it. <laughs> or my mentor, um, and, and pre-production and, you know, going in, when you start to interview, interview people, it's knowing why you're interviewing them and knowing what you want them to say before they say it kind of, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, but also allowing for spontaneity, you know, during the filmmaking process and the interview process, so that's just a huge thing and and I sometimes struggle with pre-production because I get kind of inspired in the moment like I get in the zone and I'm like you know yeah (laughs) yeah I get all these creative ideas but if I'm not you know there it's really hard for me to like kind of come up with those creative ideas 
So, but I've learned over the years that it really starts with having good pre-production and not wasting people's time. Um, mm. You know, knowing how they're going to fit into the larger story and what you want them to say. And then from there, you know, it's just a process of, you know, um, not being so much. I, so many artists I know are just crippled by perfectionism, you know, like they just hate their work. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so sad because you're crippling yourself from like being able to really enjoy the process of being creative and, and, and creating beautiful pieces of work. And so I think not being a perfectionist and, and allowing for growth through your projects is very helpful when doing documentaries, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think like like you're saying, trusting the process too, yeah. and, and just like embracing the process. There are, uh, I feel like for for years, you know, I would be really hesitant to put any work up on my profiles or keep yeah. it up there for long because I was like, oh, once I do something better, I yeah. can just put replace it with the with the new video that I did. Yeah. But uh, I think documenting your process too is really is a really special thing about filmmaking, especially you know being a woman in the the film space. Watching other women evolve as filmmakers mm-hmm. is something that is truly inspiring to me. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing where someone was, um, how they evolved, and how they're you know they can still draw from the work that they once produced while still in in you know elevating their skills in every level in this yes. next video that they're doing. So how do you see your business evolving? Where would you like to be five years from now on your filmmaking journey? I would say, you know, I've had to do a mix of passion projects and, um, you know, projects that I didn't necessarily, you know, want to keep going that direction, but I did them, Mm -hmm. you know, just to pay the bills. Um, But I've always been like super choosy about the projects that I do because there's kind of like a effect of like once you do one project, it leads to the next project that leads to the next project. Right. Mm -hmm. So like that's part of the strategy, I think, in balancing like passion versus business versus like, you know, paying the bills and doing work projects is knowing like where the next project is going to lead. And so for me, mm-hmm. with my passion projects, I've really tried to keep those up um, because those are an av- avenue of, um, you know, getting where I want to get to. And so a lot of those passion projects have been more documentary style stuff around the ocean and um, just telling people stories. And so currently I have the opportunity as a result of meeting a connection at Surf Expo. I'm working with this nonprofit um, called Piper's Angels. They're out of West Palm Beach and they help people with cystic fibrosis, um, which is a lung um, disease. And one of the ways that they fundraise, their biggest fundraiser is a um, paddleboard race from Bimini Bahamas to West Palm. So it's about 80 miles. Um, wow. So they have this big endurance event, right? And people fundraise and they train and they do this event. And so this year they want to do a documentary on a guy who has had cystic fibrosis. He ended up undergoing a double lung transplant. And um, 
that was 20 years ago, which is crazy because oftentimes with double lung transplants, the prognosis isn't always great. You can end up just not making it right there or five, Mm. 10 years down the road. That's about it. So this guy, Scott, is actually going to be racing in this event. And we are telling his story, kind of. And, um, And so basically this is like a dream come true project for me um to be able to tell like someone's story like around the ocean and um and just someone's amazing life story kind of you know with purpose to inspire others so all that to say that is really those are the kind of stories that I want to do going forward and I don't know exactly like where this will lead or um you know, my five or 10 year goal. Um, but I would say doing more of those types of stories is definitely something that like I, um, is kind of my goal in the future. Um, and I think too, also just being able to use my business as a way to give back, like being able Mm -hmm. to have a profitable, profitable business so that financially, you can give back and serve others in that way as well. Not necessarily, you know, maybe through the work, but through financially, like being able to impact others in ways. So those would be my two ideas for my business. That's awesome. And I think the it's always so, so great for me to see examples of of businesses that have like a mission and a purpose behind Mm -hmm. it too that it's not just about paying the bills or making some cool edit for Mm -hmm. you know Instagram and I think that's that's where I'm trying to find my voice Mm -hmm. in my own filmmaking journey yeah because um you know it's not only about gaining the skills that you need to elevate your 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 projects and your films but it's also like you're saying like what stories do you want to tell what Mm -hmm. do you at the what do you want your body of work to kind of represent do you Mm want to serve people Mm -hmm. or do you want to kind of create cool content that'll get instagram likes yeah you know what i mean i think there's there's and there's a million options in between exactly um but i i think i'm trying to still find that for myself Mm -hmm. um where did you i have to ask where did you get like the courage to tell somebody else's story because I think that's like with documentary filmmaking, that's what it's all about. You're you're um, kind of t- taking yourself out of it in a way mm-hmm. and illuminating this this person or thing that you're um, you're trying to feature. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of responsibility with mm-hmm. that. Like I can't even imagine venturing into that space because of the the sheer amount of pressure that it takes Mm -hmm. and a lot of times with documentary filmmaking you only have one shot to to -hmm. film something and get it right like with this um the the paddleboard race from the bahamas to west palm to -hmm. west palm beach if you uh if your camera dies up there you know if you if you if you miss a shot like you miss it for good so i think documentary filmmaking lends itself to a lot of like fears that mm-hmm. I have because you not only have to rely on yourself to be mm-hmm. able to you know keep everything in order and it sounds like you're kind of a one woman band when it comes to your documentary filmmaking like you are doing pre-production production post-production mm-hmm. so I know that was a lot to unpack mm-hmm. there yeah um but yeah what are kind of kind of your thoughts 
Well, as far as this particular project, this is kind of new for me because I am kind of building out like a very, very small team, you know, so we don't miss those moments. So mm. I, it's not going to be just me like an, oh, well, if I get seasick, like something, you know, happens. Yeah. <laughs> We're definitely, I mean, there's a practical side of putting in those safeguards and those like logistical, um, just being wise logistically. But I think mm. as far as telling someone else's story, for me, like, you know, it's been a process of, of being humble, you know, because I start out in front of the camera and wanted to be the center. Yeah. You know, I, I do have kind of a performer in me of like, woo woo. <laughs> but I think that's been just like, honestly, a, a maturing process on my part of starting to, to realize like, um, you know, my, I feel like my true purpose and my true gifting is to be able to tell other people's stories. And that starts out of a place of really just being humble, I think. And that's kind of the birthplace of, of um, then being able to listen to other people's stories. And like I said, it goes back to observation and I think to collaboration. So, you know, with this particular project, um, you know, I'm working with like other people and, and having different input. So it's not, I think it also goes back to having a team. So it's not all just like on your shoulders, but being able to talk through things and have other people on the phone as you're talking to the person that you're going to tell their story and really kind of having that collaborative, um, space is it is another safeguard you know, for telling someone's story and getting it right and understanding, okay, what are the main beats that we need to hit here in the story? Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, it's funny with, because I went to, to school for, for video production, so I do, I've done a lot of like film analysis. So all of those those points make sense to me, but I think it, it does take a certain level of courage to put yourself behind the camera and, and illuminate somebody else's story mm-hmm. Um, cause I think for some reason when, for a lot of us, when we were first introduced to cameras, we're like, well, this is great. I'll be on camera. I'll be the mm-hmm. center of attention. I'll be in front. Um, but you don't really realize the power of, of taking a step behind the camera and being able to control what the lens sees and, and telling stories. Um, yeah. and I think like you were saying, it's kind of part of a, a maturing process. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's really awesome. So how important is, um, like process for you. So I've worked on documentaries before and we had a large crew. Are you mostly a one woman show when it comes to like create uh cultivating your ideas and coming up with like the the idea and then hiring out a crew for like like the project you were just speaking of, hiring out a crew for those specific parts? Like how does what is your process like? Mm-hmm. Well, I will say one thing real quick I just thought of in mm-hmm. one other thing for your past question of being like, well, it's super intimidating to tell someone's story. And I think one yeah. thing I thought of too is like starting small. Like I did not just wake up one day and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell this sto- this big story. Like it was a process of really thinking it through and, you know, feeling the weight of like, I get to tell this guy's story, this amazing story. And I don't yeah. think that I would have had the confidence to even step out had I not done all these other projects, Mm. you know? And so I think like it's kind of like taking things in bite-sized chunks. So if you want to start, you know, 
if anyone wants to start into documentary filmmaking, then start small. Start with your friends. Start with someone you admire. That's what I did. Like, I would yeah. just, like, I've reached out to people on Instagram of, like, hey, I really love what you do. You know, whether it be a jewel. That was the jewelry one. Yeah. Um, I loved her jewelry. I wore her jewelry. And I was like, man, I'd love to tell your story, you know? And it's just starting small like that, you know? And, and then growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And then that gives you the confidence, you know? Um, yeah. So that's, I just wanted to backtrack on that one because it was something else that I thought of. But as far as the process stuff, I would say this particular project that we're doing, it's called, I think it's going to be called Double or Nothing, um, is really a growth process for me because I do tend to kind of just be a one woman show when I'm doing my really any project. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for weddings, sometimes my mom will assist me or a friend or something. But thus far, I haven't really had to like, you know, hire out a team or something like that. But for this particular project, um, you know, I'm consult like I'm doing production calls with the um, founder of the nonprofit, and then we're hiring out like some other shooters and just consulting with different people. And I think that's been, or it is a real growth process for me um, and something beautiful because I think like you can really synthesize ideas in collaboration. And so I've already seen that happen on this project. And um, so I think that's like a thing that I'm just growing in myself because like I'm used to being like, oh, I can do it all myself, you know, and not, yeah. <laughs> not, you know, but I think when you find the right people that can, everyone's kind of, you know, workshopping it together, you get a much better project than if you're just trying to do it alone, you know? So that's kind of my process. Um, and it's really something that I'm just growing in like now, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that it's, it's something that's going to continue to evolve yeah. as you as you grow as a filmmaker. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like I'm in a, a unique position in that I'm just I'm just starting out, even though I'm, um, you know, I'm 24 years old and I studied video production in college for five years, you know, because mm -hmm. I even my during my master's program, mm -hmm. I also studied, um, you know, filmmaking and yet I still feel like I'm just starting mm -hmm. after all of that because that, that laid like a basic, basic foundation. Mm -hmm. um, but all of those other things like figuring out what stories you want to tell and, um, you know, kind of like you were saying, letting go of like, I have to do it all myself, mm -hmm. like letting that um, and opening the gates for others to, to join in on collaboration and kind of harnessing the power of what that means. I feel like I haven't unleashed that yet. Yeah. So I'm still early on in my journey. Um, so it's really exciting to hear how kind of um, how you've evolved and how, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, what, what my journey may look like. Um, yeah. I think I'm in kind of a unique position because um, like I, I was mentioning before, like I do work a full time job. And so I'm mm -hmm. trying to determine the kinds of projects that I want to spend my my free time on mm -hmm. while still, you know, trying to make a profit with my with this this filmmaking side business. Um, but also, I think something you touched on was like thinking about the stories that you want to tell, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day. I can be like, oh, you know, like I made a, a cool sneaker ad for this one company. Yeah. Or you could say, you know, I told the story of this woman who owns a small jewelry business. Yeah. 
or I told the, the um, you know, the, the story of this man who had cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's, there's value in both sides mm-hmm. of those. But I think, you know, for me on my filmmaking journey, I've been looking for purpose. Yeah. And I think, you know, finding different stories to tell is where you find that purpose. Did you, mm-hmm. did you, uh, was that your experience? Do you kind of find purpose through sharing the stories of others? Yeah, and I think that's something that every filmmaker really, you know, is a journey that every filmmaker has to go through is like, you know, I think when you first get into film stuff or video stuff and you're running your own company and you're like, woohoo, I make, you know, cool videos and and then after a while, sometimes that can get kind of old, you know, you're like, okay, well, what now? And I think, yeah, for me, the real purpose has been in that, you know, I strive to make my um, work, you know, meaningful and in service for other people telling stories that really matter. So I would definitely say like that is, um, you know, where I've kind of found the most fulfillment creatively is in kind of being able to um, kind of change the world for good, hopefully (laughs) through my stories, you know, (laughs) or the videos that I make. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the balance between, I guess, those types of videos and mm-hmm. videos you have to make to pay the bills. Yep. You know, that that work that work balance of, of, you know, between those two styles. Did you always have a good balance of this when you were first starting out? Or do you find in certain seasons of your business you have to work on projects that, you know, are strictly to get some, some money out mm-hmm. of? Or, you know, do you find seasons where you're just taking on kind of passion projects and that's working for you too? Um, I would say, you know, my, my video business, what, or video stuff started out for me as a passion. So I didn't really do it for money. And then it kind of became more and more, you know, I would get paid for stuff or whatever. And so, you know, when that started happening, I really had to start evaluating like, okay, how do I balance this? And it's been like a constant, hasn't just been like, oh, I figured it all out. It's been like, you know, I go through phases where like, I don't feel super inspired or I feel kind of like bored or whatever. Um, and sometimes I get like anxious and like, ah, am I losing my passion? You know, but (laughs) yeah, I think creativity comes in waves. And so I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying in terms of like, there's definitely projects that come my way, like that. Do I necessarily want to be shooting a few like funerals for the rest of my life? No. But like, if I, if something like someone calls me and they're like, Hey, can you do this? And it's just handed to me and like, you know, I need to pay the bills. Am I going to do it? Yeah. And I'm going to do it, try to do my best. Um, but I think, so there's projects like that. And then there's kind of projects that are kind of neutral. And then there's projects that are kind of more like geared towards exactly what I want to do. And so Mm. like, I think it's been good, you know, I'm single and like, I don't necessarily have to make like a ton of money to live, which has been really great and has helped me just to like be able to take it slower, you know, and not have to just like take every project that comes my way. So that's like been super helpful. Um, But I think it gets back to just like, um, 
you know, kind of knowing like where one project is going to lead to the next. And that's where like you have to kind of have discernment because, yeah. you know, if you do one really good project, then you're going to get hired for another. And, and that you got to kind of use that to your advantage. So if you don't really want to do more projects like that, then don't put it out there on your Instagram. Don't, you know. Yeah. But if you do, you know, like with the passion projects, a lot of those projects I didn't get paid for, but I promoted them, which then led to paid work, you know? So you kind of, that's right. where the strategy comes in. Wow. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I never, I don't think I've ever really considered the strategy part of it. I thought, you know, if I'm a filmmaker, I make all this work and I put everything out of there, but you're out there. Um, but you're right. It does take a level of strategy because if you are promoting work that you don't want to recreate again, yeah. then you're kind of giving your, your audience the, uh, the wrong impression. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. And I think that it's, um, it's really awesome that you're, that it seems to me like you found this balance between telling stories that you want to tell while also, you know, taking care of what you have to take care of and, and yeah. making films that, that pay the bills. Mm -hmm. What is your, you think you're like your ultimate goal? Would you want to just strictly make, you know, like passion projects or on a specific subject? I definitely want to tell, I would say stories that incorporate kind of the purpose, the outdoors and purpose and outdoors kind of. Um, and obviously it would be a filmmaking project that that's kind of like my end goal. Um, so like, you know, projects that center around like endurance events or different things um those are the kind of stories that really get me fired up um so you know we'll see where it goes like with this particular project you know like one step to another kind of you know yeah yeah absolutely well I'm so excited to see where uh where this next project takes you so yeah. how can um you know viewers and listeners of this podcast find you and how can they support you as a filmmaker yeah so my website is mgwpro.com and then um my instagram is just at mgwpro and um i have a facebook page mgw productions but that's not really like where i hang out um instagram's my jam so <laughs> <laughs> and then i have mgwpro weddings which is like my wedding one but I'm mainly on the Instagram one so great so we know we know where to find you and where to look yeah. out for uh, for your next project so um yeah. do you have any other female creators that you look up to or is there anyone that you know we should be looking out for who who should I be hunting down next to share their story to the community on this podcast well there is a girl um Talia, she actually, I met her through this organization, the nonprofit in West Palm. She was doing, um, she was doing the stuff before I took on this documentary. She kind of wanted to move on to some different stuff, but I think she would be a really good one to interview. Um, her production company is Tallymark Productions. Her name is Talia Shizano. Um, she's really sweet. She's another like young filmmaker um, down in West Palm. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, 
well even just one is is yeah. perfect because that's a with this with this podcast i really want to also kind of encourage the community aspect of it because mm-hmm. I, I think you know for me personally the reason why i even started this podcast is because what inspires me most is seeing other female filmmakers mm-hmm. um you know accomplish the things that i i want to also accomplish so mm-hmm. even just and i know that um you know for me i was when i was first looking for inspiration i was finding a lot of like awesome male creators online but I was like there's no one that looks like me or there's no one mm-hmm. that I can really identify with so mm-hmm. um yeah even just Talia's name is perfect I will uh definitely check out her work uh, and see if we can we can tell her story um, yeah Taylor Sullivan might be another one she's like another mm-hmm. filmmaker I don't know if you've seen her Taylor Sullivan I think she lives in California um, all right so yeah those are the two that come to mind <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. Michaela, thank you so much for sharing your story. I can't wait to see your your new project come to life. I'll yeah. absolutely uh, help promote it. And uh, we'll have to have you back on to tell us about your experience with that for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm honored and I hope that I answered all the questions. <laughs> they were yeah, helpful. No. <laughs> This is perfect. This is perfect. So as usual, thanks so much for listening and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye.